This Sunday, we have the story of Israel crossing the Jordan into the Promised Land. This, of course, has a lot of very wonderful symbolism and meaning for us in our life today as we see how Jesus leads us out of the wilderness of sin into the promised land, the new life with him, uh, heaven that is waiting for us. It's really a, a wonderful account that can quite easily be applied in numerous ways to our life here. Led by Joshua through the Jordan River, Israel left the desert and entered the promised land. So too, led by Christ through the water of our baptism, we leave behind the desert of sin, death, and Satan and enter into the promised land of his heavenly kingdom. Both the promised land that is coming that we're waiting for and the promised land that we have now also in Christ Jesus. Before entering the promised land, Joshua, of course, warns the people that there is the way of death and there is the way of life. He says, choose whom you're going to serve this day. Before we enter the promised land, choose whom you're going to serve, whether it's going to be the Lord or whether it's going to be these foreign idols or yourself. We, of course, want to leave behind that old life and serve the Lord. We want to leave behind all the things we saw Israel doing in the wilderness, the lack of faith, the complaining, the idolatry, and we want to, we want to enter into that new life of Christ, that new life where we are strong and of good courage because the Lord is with us, as we see in the first chapter of Joshua. In this new life, then we look forward to the coming of the final promised land. The long gospel put simply then is that our life is filled with sin. Through baptism, that life of sin is left behind and Jesus brings us into a new life with him. You could begin the lesson by asking the children if they remember from last year all of the problems that the Israelites had while they were wandering in the desert, all the complaining, the lack of faith, all the sin that they did. And then you could use that to remind the children of the sin in their own life and point them, of course, then to Jesus, who through baptism leads us into the promised land. The Christ-like material that you have gives you a number of chapters to read, um, some from Numbers, five different chapters in Deuteronomy, and then also Joshua 1, 3, and 4. I kind of like the approach of the Concordia stuff that we used to use a little better, where it just really focuses on Joshua 3, 4, and the first 12 verses of Joshua 5. Certainly good to read all that material that the Christ-like material suggests uh, if you have time. However, trying to bring all that into the Sunday school lesson might be a little much for the kids. I trust you to use your best judgment, of course. In our audio lesson today, I'm just going to be focusing then on Joshua 3, 4, and the first 12 verses of Joshua chapter 5. So Joshua 3, verse 1 through Joshua 5, verse 12. We don't have time, of course, to read all of that, so I'm just going to be summarizing it and hitting the highlights. The children of Israel, of course, were wandering for 40 years. It's really important to understand that background. We, The kids had the, that last year. We, we went through that 40 years of wandering with the kids last year. And now their 40 years of wandering are over. They're about to enter the promised land. 40 is a 
number, a very symbolic number in scripture. Uh, that doesn't mean that the 40 years of wandering is only symbolic. It was real. It was actually 40 years. In fact, it was 40 years to the day, uh, the very day that they left Egypt exactly 40 years later. Now they're about to enter into the promised land. 40 is the number of days that it rained. And you could ask the kids too if they remember other stories that use that number 40. And so you have the, the 40 days where it rained, the flood of Noah. You have the 40, year, 40 days of temptation. Uh, Jesus uh, was tempted for 40 days. And of course, you have the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. 40 then represents the journey through this life the the time of waiting the time of temptation the time of trial but also the time of god's presence with us as we go through this world we of course may live for 40 years we may live longer we, we may live shorter sometimes our lives are not exactly 40 years or 40 days but uh, just as Jesus was tempted for 40 days, just as Noah had to wait, and you can imagine him waiting in that dark ark as the rain came down and wondering if the ark was going to hold up in the storm that would have been coming down all around him, and he had to trust God through that. And so also, we need to trust God through the tribulations and uh, trials and temptations of this life. I talked to the kids the other day in devotion about how so many of the parts of the church are named after parts of ships uh, of a ship uh, the the main part of the church is called a nave which is a, a nautical term for a ship um, and there are other things as well uh, because in christ we uh, christ is our ship who keeps us safe from the storms and the waves and the waters of this world our our life is like noah in that boat or like the children of israel in the wilderness going through difficulty and we need to trust the lord Joshua is appointed as their new leader. Uh, Moses led them through the wilderness. He led them for the 40 years in the wilderness. Through Moses, God gave the children of Israel the law. And the law is very important. It's very useful. It helps us in this life when we listen to God's law and, and do what he says. Uh, God blesses us through that and, and we have a, a better life. However, it is not the law which allows us to enter into the promised land. And so Moses and the law are passing away and now Joshua leads them into the promised land. Joshua is the Hebrew form of the name Jesus. Jesus is the Greek form. Joshua is the Hebrew form. Both mean exactly the same thing. Jehovah saves. And so Joshua is a symbol of the coming Christ. Uh, just as Joshua led the people out of the wilderness of sin into the promised land. So Jesus, not the law, not our obedience to the law, but through Jesus we are led out of our sin into the new life of Christ. What we need in this new life, we hear in Joshua 1, uh, this new life is a life of strength and of good courage because we know the Lord is with us. Before they can begin the conquest of the land of Canaan, of course, they have to cross the Jordan River. The Bible specifically tells us that the Jordan River was overflowing its banks at this time. That's not just guesswork based on what time they crossed, but it's specifically mentioned in Scripture uh, that it was overflowing. It would have been impossible for them to cross. They, they were crossing at a place that might normally have been easy to cross, a ford there, but uh, at the time the river 
was overflowing its banks. However, God, of course, stopped the, the waters of the Jordan. When they crossed the Red Sea, it says he divided the waters and piled them up on either side. This is a little bit different. He doesn't divide the waters and pile them up on either side, but he stops the flow of the Jordan River uh, so that there is no water and they can cross over. Slightly different, but of course the result is the same. Ever since the flood, we go back to the flood, and you notice the connections to the flood and also to other parts of the scripture here, um, the 40 days, and now we have the, the use of the water. Ever since the flood, water has been a symbol of new life through God. Uh, in the flood, evil was washed away and new life was given to the earth. Not only to the earth, but Peter reminds us that Noah and his family were saved through the waters of the flood. Through the water, the waters of the flood lifted, physically lifted Noah and his family up so that they were closer to God, washed away the evil of the world that they inhabited, and brought them safely to a new world. And so also the through the waters of the Jordan, the children of Israel left behind the sinfulness of the wandering in in Egypt in the wilderness. And of course they did sin after this, but they left behind the, the sinfulness of that wilderness and entered into the promised land. And so also through baptism, we also leave behind sin and enter into our new life with God. So you could ask the kids at this point also to see if they can think of other examples of in scripture where water plays an important part. Um, they might even think of some that, that you or I don't think of, which would be great. Some of the ones you can point out if they can't think of any, of course, is Naaman, who was cleansed of his leprosy, again, through water, the same, very same waters, even the water of the Jordan. The man who was born blind, and he washed in the Pool of Siloam and could see again uh, so his blindness was washed away and of course john the baptist who washed people in the same jordan river and that wasn't an accident the jordan it was through the waters of the jordan that the people entered the promised land and so when john the baptist came many years later it was again the waters of the jordan river through which they washed away their sin and entered now into the new life of christ the coming of jesus the new joshua uh, began again with that washing in the Jordan. God instructed that the Ark of the Covenant go before the people. It's a good chance to remind the kids what the Ark of the Covenant was. The, the Ark literally just means box in which something is saved. So Tupperware, in a sense, is Ark because you save things in, in Tupperware, right? But this was a special box, of course, where God had placed uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, some of the manna from the wilderness, and also Aaron's rod, symbols of God's miracles and God's presence with his people. And on top of the ark was the mercy seat, the place where God sat and delivered grace and mercy to his people. So the Ark of the Covenant was the symbol of God's presence among his people. It was God going before them. And so with us as well, it is God who goes before us to lead us out of sin, of course, into the new, the promised land. The priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant went before the people, and as soon as their feet touched the waters of the Jordan, the waters piled up, not right there, but uh, back up the river quite a ways so that there was plenty of room for the, the people to walk across. And not only was there plenty of dry ground for the people to walk across, but 
it would have been more visible if the waters of the Jordan had only stopped right where the children of Israel was. It would have only been visible maybe to the people of Jericho, maybe to a few inhabitants of the land near there. But God backed up the rivers way back up at Adam and Everybody who lived then anywhere near the Jordan River could have seen what God did. And in fact, the Bible tells us that the people were faint of heart because they had heard of all the wonderful miracles that God had done in the wilderness. And now they see his power with their own eyes as he backs up that Jordan River. So the Ark of the Covenant goes before the people. The waters of the Jordan were stopped, were backed up. The Ark of the Covenant continues into the middle of the river and stops there as the people cross over. And so you have a twofold symbolism here. First, God going before his people, but then also God in the midst of his people because the people have to cross over the Jordan. They all have to pass right by the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and passing through, passing by that ark, go into the promised land. And so also Jesus goes before us, but he is also in our midst. And passing through Jesus, we leave sin and enter in again to the the promised land, the new life in Christ. As the people are passing through the midst of the river, Moses instructed 12 men, one from each tribe, one representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And you could review with the with the kids of course what are the 12 tribes of israel jacob had 12 sons and then god changed jacob's name to israel so the 12 tribes represent those 12 sons the people descended from those 12 sons of jacob those 12 sons of israel so it's all the people of god really here passing through and you have the 12 stones they they pick up those 12 stones and they bear them to the place where joshua makes camp on the other side of the river Jordan, a place which is named Gilgal. We've been talking about that with the kids in morning devotions at school. So they might well know, some of your kids anyway, might know what that name Gilgal means and have heard it. We've we've reviewed it a couple times now already. And there they set up those 12 stones as a memorial. For some reason, you sometimes hear that the 12 stones were set up in the middle of the river. I'm not sure why that is said the 12 stones come from the middle of the river but they're not set up in the middle of the river they're set up at gilgal at the place where joshua camps that and the people of israel camp that first night but they're set up there as a memorial forever at least for a long time Uh, they probably aren't still there to this day but for a long time they're set up there as a memorial to what god did for his people and so god specifically instructs whenever kids come whenever the jewish kids whenever the israelite kids come and see this these 12 stones set up Kids are usually pretty curious, especially little kids. They like to ask questions, right? So they come and see these 12 stones and ask their parents, what are these 12 stones? And then the parents are supposed to instruct the kids what the meaning is, what God did for his people there at the crossing of the Jordan so that his people would never forget that it was God who brought them out of the wilderness into this new land. It was not they themselves that did this thing, but God who did it for them. So we sometimes, 
sometimes forget the importance of symbolism, but God understands how important symbolism is for us and for those of us who, how we would often forget what God had done if we don't have these symbols in our house and in our church. And so you could take a moment as well to ask the kids, while the Israelites had those 12 stones, what symbols do we have in our house and in our church, which remind us of all that God has done for us? Having been brought through the water, having been made the people of God again through water by God's salvation, Joshua, the symbol of Christ, leads them out of sin into the new land. The people now consecrate themselves to God. So it is it is God who brought them out of the wilderness into the promised land. It is he who did that, not they themselves. But having been made the children of God, now they are circumcised and they celebrate the Passover. They were not apparently circumcised in the wilderness. The people who left Egypt were circumcised when they left Egypt, but they all died in the wilderness and their children apparently were not sacri- were not circumcised. They were not told why that wasn't done in the wilderness, but it, it wasn't apparently. But now entering this new life to God, the first thing they do is to consecrate themselves as they are supposed to dedicate their lives to God, just as God dedicated his life to them. So they also dedicate themselves to God through the use of circumcision and then also through the celebration of the Passover for the first time in the new land. So that was the means by which the Israelites uh, consecrated themselves to God. How do we show our consecration to God? And we come, of course, in church to worship him. Uh, The church service is where God comes to us and delivers to us forgiveness of sins and new life, but it's also then an opportunity for us to respond to God, him having given us grace and new life, we respond to him with with praise and thanks as well, uh, which is what the Israelites are doing here. A wonderful example, again, of how God has led, led the children of Israel out of wilderness into the promised land and a reminder that those who trust in God, put their trust and faith in Jesus, he leads us also out of sin into this new life, a new life that is ours now, partially, but also will be ours fully in that promised land which is to come. And he does that for us through, again, through water, through baptism, through the sacraments and his word, uh, just as he led them through the waters of the Jordan. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson. Let me know if you have any questions.